Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. And I hope, I hope every week you just try your best to outdo yourself the week before. You know, that's a chore because now you're thinking about food or you're thinking about other things. And so you got to fight. This is, this, is, this is when we enter into fighting mode right now. And so I want you to apply yourself not to, to me or even my voice, but I want you to apply yourself to the Word of God and what the Spirit of God is saying, because I can tell you, I met with the pastors in here. We were uh, blessed to be able to host uh, the pastor's prayer this past Thursday, and that's I, I said the exact same thing. You know, there is something specific that the Spirit is saying to the churches, the body of Christ, because why wouldn't he? Because the bride is get, getting ready. So I got to tell you everything just like that because I'm about to tell you a story twice uh, that you know very well. You know this story. In fact, as soon as I start with it, you are going to race ahead of me like a stallion, and you're just going to say, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to I done seen it. I done seen it. I done, you, you're going to do all that. So I'm going to ask you, don't be tempted to get too far ahead today because the second go around is going to be a little bit different. In fact, I just want to rephrase that. It's going to be a lot a bit different. It really is. It's going to be a lot different. So I want you to listen. God, give me listening ears. Let my heart be soil that is wet, ready for the seed, so I can receive what the Lord's about to say. And I pray that in Jesus' name for every single one of us. Now, telling you the story the first time, it, it kind of goes like this. And In fact, I, I'll just read you, I'm going to call them three hint scriptures, all right? So... Well, yeah, let me read three of them, okay? You're going to know it, so brace yourself and follow along. Daniel 3. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So, the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, hey, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image 
that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So, the story continues after this image was set up, there was like a town crier, a herald that made a proclamation telling all of the people everywhere, no respect to person, king has made a decree that you are to bow down and you are to serve this golden image when you hear the flute, the harp, the cymbals, the trumpets, all kinds of music. You are to bow down, and you are to worship me. And people did it. However, they didn't really think they had a choice because the king said, bow down and worship me, or, or else you will be thrown into a fiery furnace. And so almost everybody did it. But there was a tattletale that was of the Chaldeans. Now, let me tell you, the Chaldeans probably already were jealous and had a problem because these Hebrews were captured and they were promoted almost immediately in the king's court. So they probably were already tender and upset about this. And when they found out there were three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that didn't do it, the king was notified about this, and he said, bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to me right now. And so that's exactly what happened. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was brought in before the king, and the king said, now, boys, and he already knew them. If you read back, he knew who they were. But he said, boys, now listen to me. I understand what's been said about you, but I'm going to give you a second chance. If when you hear the sound of the cymbals and the trumpet and the harp and all of the other sounds that are made when it's time to fall down and worship this image, he said, then we're good. All's fine. He said, however, if you don't, you'll be thrown into the fiery furnace. And so the three Hebrew boys said, King, we, we don't hesitate at all to answer you in this matter. He said, the God we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. But if he don't, be it known unto you this day that we will serve no other God. The Bible said that the visage, the, the countenance of the king's face. He was enraged. He gave the command to stoke the fire and make it seven times hotter. Oh, he was mad. He was pacing all over the place. Make it hotter. Make it hotter. These boys have insulted me. And so when they got the command, they took, and the Bible says that the fire was so hot that the men that were making it hotter and trying to throw them in, that it killed them. And the Bible says that what happened next was the three Hebrew boys were, were escorted, and then they, were, they couldn't even get close. They had to throw them into the midst 
of the fiery furnace. All because they didn't bow. And about that time, and how many of you know, if you stand up for God, he won't go somewhere and sit down on you. So the king, only after just a few minutes, could not believe his eyes. He looked over the portals into the fiery furnace, and he said, wait a minute, shaking his head, rubbing his eyes maybe, said, did I not throw three men into the fiery furnace? But I see four. I see four men. And the fourth one, oh, his countenance is white. It's bright. It's like the Son of God. And the Bible says not only was there a fourth man in the fire, but when they were retrieved from the fire, the Bible says that not even the smell of smoke was on their clothes. Now, that's the first telling of the story that all of you in here probably either know by heart or you've heard it before. If either one of the categories fit you, say amen. Okay. Now, I want to ask you something because here's the second part of this story. may not be familiar. And I want to start out by asking you a question. Does the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar sound familiar to you? The spirit of Nebuchadnezzar, does that sound at all familiar to you? Let, let, me, let me read verse 4 and 5, okay? Then a herald cried aloud, To you it's commanded, O people, nations and languages and verse 5 is what I want you to focus on that at the time you hear the sound of the horn flute harp lyre and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up there are three indicators just in these first five verses that the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar, or this kind of spirit, is at work. First one's in the very first verse. The king, not the king of kings, made the image. Say amen. That's an indicator right out of the gate. The second thing was in verse 2. The king used everything and everybody he had control over to do his dirty work and to carry this out. It still may not sound familiar to you yet. But maybe verse 5 might start opening your eyes a little bit to exactly what exactly the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar is. And that is when he said, bow, when I say to bow, or burn. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar used fear. The one true king never, never will. He only uses faith. The devil has always and always will continue to use fear. The Bible says 
that the just shall live by faith. So the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Most High God, he don't use fear. Serve me or you're going to spend eternity in hell. He just uses faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, folks. No fear. No fear in love. You know why? Perfect love casts out fear. In fact, about 500 years later, you can really see this spirit at work, not somebody else doing all the dirty work, but Satan himself doing, doing it himself, trying this or else. He said, Jesus, you know, Jesus has been on 40-day fast out in the wilderness, and Satan comes to him when he knows he's vulnerable and hungry, and I, I use this quite a bit, and he says, look, if you will bow down, are you all with me? Okay, I just got to check on you. Bow down and worship me. I'll give you all of this, all the kingdoms of the world. It's been given to me, and I can do with it whatever I want to. So you see right there, you can see that this spirit of, of me, it's all about me, and it's all about what I want, has been around, and either Satan will use his dirty work through, to do his dirty work through other powerful people, and we named them when we read them a while ago, influential, wealthy people, people of world or great renown. He will use those if he don't do it directly himself. And you've been living in this world, whether you realize it or not, you are smack dab in the middle of a world that's full of the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar. It's all about flesh. It's all about me. This is, this second part, this message today is the exact reason why. And in fact, before we do this, before I say that, I, I, I want to read verse 7 to you. So at that time when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, harp, lyre, and symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. This that we've read that was played out and continues to be played out it's going to continue to be played out until the final scene is unraveled when the Antichrist, at the working of Satan's command, tells the whole world, all peoples and nations and languages, that unless you have the mark, and when you get the mark, You've got to bow down, deny your God, all gods, Jesus Christ, the cross, everything, and you've got to worship me or you're going to be beheaded or you can't eat or you can't get medical attention or you can't really do anything. You see, it's all about conditioning. It's all about using fear, not faith. We preach faith here. We don't preach fear. We don't, we don't date and we don't um, try to entertain fear. 
the body of Christ, I mean. And this is what will, will, will play out until that moment gets here. And I, the world has always been, always will be. We, it's more obvious in the past 30 months, almost. But you can really see how influential people, billionaires, uh, health organizations, uh, and I'm just going to go on and say it because I'm here to proclaim and preach. The CDC, the World Economic Forum, uh, the World Health Order, there, there's acronyms for all these, by the way, if you want to look those up, but I, I, don't, I don't want to be confusing today. I will tell you who it is. Amen? Well, okay, thank the four of y'all. I want to tell you who it is. And then if you, uh, if you attach all major news outlets, if you attack uh, the entertainment industry, the sporting industry, the educational system, and all of the other outlets, and you put them together and you use them to carry out whatever Nebuchadnezzar wants. And see, you probably may even disagree or not believe anyway, but there are people that have always lived and always will live up until the Antichrist that think that they're just a little bit better than you because of money or because of power or because of their personal influence or because of what they've achieved. They think that they're elite or the elitists of the world. And, and, you know, when I start preaching about these things, this is when, you know, I, I know that I'm in spiritual warfare because I just, I just, know, I just know, what, I know what people uh, think in a lot of cases, but I'm here to, to prepare a bride for a holy God that is not intoxicated by current culture and world. So that's what I'm doing today. Okay, and I love you. The bottom line is I love you, but my love does not compare to the love of God for you. And so all of the people, we, we saw it then. We've seen it at different times. You, you make him think of things in your life where you, I, man, I, I've seen that. People at school, you can go to the bully scene. Oh, they think they're better than everybody because they're bigger. Are they the only ones where their parents had money? And all of us dressed like ragamuffins, and we ate out of bag lunches, and blah, blah, blah. You see this thing on all kind of levels. Amen? People think they're better than other people. Well, now it's on steroids times a trillion, and it's globally. It's not Miss Leake's fifth grade uh, uh, class over in Rockingham in 1973 or whatever year it was for me. It's always been here, and it always will be here. And so this, what I'm talking about right now, is exactly why we're putting so much emphasis on children and student ministries of this church. That's the reason why we're doing it. Let me explain it. You see, there was another time when Daniel was in a separate situation from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they were all captured together. And, and Daniel was told, don't pray to nobody for 30 days. If you do, it wasn't a, uh, uh, let me give you a test. 
you're not going to be thrown into the fiery pit, but what you're going to be thrown into? The lion's den. There you go. You got it, church. And Daniel's same thing. So you know what what conclusion I come to? Because all four of those boys came from the same place. They had to come from an awesome church with an awesome children's ministry, with an awesome youth and student ministry, with just an awesome biblical background that just loved the Word of God. And they had zero fear because Daniel did the same thing. He didn't say, uh, I'm not going not to not bow, but he did something else. He, he kicked it up a notch. He went upstairs like he always did, and he didn't pray on that day when he was told the threat with his windows down. No, sir. He went and he raised his windows up so everybody could hear him pray because he was not ashamed of the God that he was standing for, even if it meant the lion's den. And you see, there is a place that all believers should strive and be hungry and thirsty for. We did it all three nights at prayer. For righteousness, I'd rather have Jesus than any kind of threat of anything and be safe. And so these boys did what Daniel did, and they chose to embarrass the threat. Can I ask you today, are you getting sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you ready for once before you die? Are you ready to embarrass the threat that's breathing down your neck right now? I certainly am. And so... The four of them boys had the same kind of commitment. This is why we are, we are sold out to Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they get old, when they get threatened, when they get bullied, when they uh, are told their job's going to be on the line, when they're told they can't buy groceries or gas unless they do this or do this, when they do all this, then they won't depart from it. They said, nope. My mom and daddy built this house on the rock, and I ain't moving, I ain't bowing, I'm not going to quit praying just because some organization said to stop doing it. So, Satan has always tried, he's always tried, listen, he's always tried to make that spirit that I'm better than you, you do what I say or else spirit, he's always tried to make it a big deal. In fact, most people think that somewhere close, real close, to 90 feet tall and nine feet thick was how big this golden image was, golden image. If you want some idea, if you go to the very front of this, this, this sanctuary, the front part of this church is 80 feet wide, back there, it's wide. Take it and turn it like that and add 10 more feet to it, and that's about what you have out of pure gold, nine feet thick. Which ought to tell me something, and it does, that Satan loved to use the golden and the glamorous. Amen? He does. It was money and power at its best. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Ain't that what everybody wants? They want bigger. They want shiny. They want better. And, and, and they will bow to get it. Amen? They'll shut their mouth. They'll shut the church doors. They'll quit praying. They'll do whatever because I want that right there. I really do. And you know what? Nebuchadnezzar's statue was all about himself, all about his pride, all about his insecurities, all about how he was done, all about how he was treated. And so he had a little bit of money, 
and a whole lot of power. He could take that little bit of money and have his servants to make him a big old gold play toy. And he had the power to tell people, if you don't do it, I'm going to kill you. Does this sound familiar to anybody? It really does to me. I, bet, I don't know about you, what you heard. You might not have heard it like that, but I heard it like that. It's been crammed in my throat for over two years. Boy, I hit a, ooh, I, ooh, ooh, I hit a pothole in, didn't I? Well, the, the spirit of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, it's alive. Uh, it, it's very much alive today. Y'all don't believe me? Uh, okay, well, just look at the screen then if you don't believe me. It could be the world's tallest moving statue ever, towering above us and above its predecessors. Monuments and memorials, public art in all its forms has been around for centuries. Iconic must visit tourist attractions, and we, this reporter included, just can't resist snapping selfies. Public art really allows us to engage with places in a new way. You know, people question, what is this? Why is it here? We discover new areas of our city. We get excited about the places where we live. It can also bring mega tourist dollars and support the local economy. On this side of the pond, a group of entrepreneurs are trying to fund an ambitious project to do just that. It's part statue, part business, part museum, part foundation, part gathering place, all somehow in one experience. I mean, it's gigantic, and it's unusual, and it's magnificent, and it uses technology actually to celebrate humanity. It's a giant, more than 10 stories high, wrapped in an LED skin. It moves its head and its arms, too. The designers say it's all about human potential and a greener future. The world has to change, and the giant wants to be part of this change and inspire people to reach their full potential and help save this planet. Their goal put a colossal statue in 21 cities, each one highlighting the giants in their community. It's going to hook into the communities, and it's going to offer something really positive and, and also something fun and also something inspiring. And no need to take a traditional selfie. The giant does it for you. And after the year we've all had, reconnecting locally and globally is exactly what we need. You know what just really bothers me about this? It's the fact that nobody has, and certainly not now, hidden any of these things. They tell you what they want to do. They tell you how they're going to do it. They give you a timeline of, <clears throat> excuse me, when it's going to be carried out. And nobody, it seems like, it goes over everybody's head. And the Bible says that you don't want to be caught unaware, church. And this is why spiritual discernment, this is why church attendance, this is why supporting ministries, this is why reading your Bible and praying will keep you alert of what's going on in the world by reading your Bible. You know, I don't go looking for things, believe it or not. I know a lot of you think I, I crawl and I uh, through stuff. I don't, I don't do that. I don't have to do, because it's in plain mainstream media television telling you the world's got to change. 
And after the world, the year we've had, hey, we need to make it about every, the world's got to change. That's what all of this Nebuchadnezzar spirit is. The world's got to change. It's called depopulation. It's called I'm better than you. We need to get rid of all the inferior people. We need to let AI, which is artificial intelligence, make this thing better than God made it. That's why we don't care if people think they're this way or that way. We're going to make it better this time, and we're just going to exterminate all the people we need to exterminate and get rid of it because we've got the money to do it. And we've got the connections with all these outlets in the world to make them say what we want to say. By the way, if you don't say and if you don't do, uh, do you're, you're either censored, you're blocked, you're taken down, uh, funding's taken away from you. By the way, did you know, I, I don't know if I told you all this, but I just heard last week how the government is now taking away or withholding school lunch money. Withholding school lunch money from some districts that have not become all gender inclusive yet. And that is nothing but the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar. Do or die. Or the way I say, bow and worship to the transgender or transhuman revolution or burn. Bow and worship the murder industry of abortion or burn. Bow and worship the only say what we say message or burn. Bow and worship the all religions are the same idea or burn. Bow and worship the it's now okay to sexually abuse children movement. Do you know they're trying to legalize sodomy in places like California? Do y'all know these things? Do you know that? They're trying to justify where a 40-year-old man can take an eight-year-old girl into his house and it's perfectly okay and do what he wants to? Does anybody get riled up with that besides me? It bothers me, church, because we are the body of Christ that have access to the Holy Ghost that can fill us with the power of God that can crush Every chain that we come in contact with through the power of God, it bothers me. But we've become conditioned to it because this is now old men's preference. And so we got to give everybody what they want. And if you don't bow to it and you don't worship, well, things have changed a little bit. Okay? If you don't bow, you burn. Or you're fired from your job. And by the way, I just heard this week, this week, that a judge in New York City of all places has had to reinstate or uh, passed uh, that a lot of people that were fired because they didn't take the shot now that was unconstitutional said they got to reinstate them with back pay. That was nothing more when people were told you got to do that or you lose your job. That's the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar's church. It's the, I don't care if you've got a vaccine or, or a shot or not. I don't care. I, I, what I care about is your eyes being open and, and you knowing what's going on while you are alive. You've got to understand it. Having eyes, they see not. Having ears, they hear not is what the Bible teaches us. And the truth will set people free. You've got to know this before you take your last breath. And you've got to capitalize on it and say, for me to live is Christ, 
to die as gain. If I burn up in the fiery furnace, well, I'm not going to be walking with him. I'm going to be at his throne beside him, bowing. If the lions chew me up and spit me out, I ain't got to worry about Nebuchadnezzar or high blood pressure anymore. I'm going to be with the God of heaven and earth. Listen, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. And this is nothing more, I'm going to say it again, but the spirit of Antichrist. 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 Did you know you are much safer in the fire with Jesus than you are at the foot of a fake God simply out of fear? Do you know that, church? You are better off in any fire, any threat, any ultimatum with Jesus. Because if God be for me, say it with me, who can be against me? We ought to stop and praise God right there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You just have to, I like to say it like this. This is something God just poured in my heart the other day. You just have to have more faith in God, in the God you serve, than you have in the fear of the fire that you might face. You got to have more faith in God than you do in fear of the fire. I've had so many people, but Opie, I had to do this. I had to do that. I had to do that. You ain't got to do anything but be whole to God. That's all you have to do in this life. If you drink dirty wine, by, I'm, I'm really paraphrasing now. I hope you don't drink none, but if you, if you drink something deadly and you know it, don't cry when your stomach's about to kill you. Amen? Don't do it. When you know to do good, this has been, and I got three other people that can witness this. This Bible verse, growing up my whole life, if you know to do good and do it not, it's a sin. That means staying away from a Nebuchadnezzar spirit that's telling you to do this or that. And you, let me just break it down for you. I, I'm going to make it plain to every age group if I can today. Just like, you know, you always run into this after uh, children hit puberty and all that and some little old boy that got a little bit of hair coming out on his leg, and he's got some little fuzz right there. Hey, if you really love me, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll sleep with me. And he says what he wants to say and all that. And, and, and if you don't, I'm going to break up with you. Am I telling you all the truth right there? How many millions of times has that spirit of Nebuchadnezzar taken place in the world? We don't even have a guesstimate of that. And I'm just using that. Uh, 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 drug dealers. Uh, if you don't do this, I'm going to take your family out. I mean, it goes on and on and on. You, you come up with all kinds of situations where this has been played out, you know. At work, if you don't do this favor, this sexual favor for the boss, he says or she says, then, you know, we no longer have a need for your services here. I'm telling y'all the gospel truth today. I ain't playing. I'm telling you what people are dealing with on a, a small scale in this church, but a global scale. It's called the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar. And if you live long enough and the rapture does not take place first, you are going to face it, friend, in a very personal way. And what do we, what do, we do about it? Well, we do what this book says right here. We build ourselves up on our most holy faith. And it don't matter whether the youth group's together 
or three of them's before Nebuchadnezzar, and one of them's over there being told, you know, they, they come from a good background, son, because they didn't, they didn't have each other's back when they were together. They all stood independently, and they knew that God was a faithful God, and they stood for God. I'm talking about teenage boys here, y'all. I, I, I don't want you to think that they're about 50 now because, you know, some people live to be 900 in the Bible and all that. I, no, we're talking about teenagers here, okay? These boys had enough upbringing about them. Somebody loved them enough to put Jesus in them instead of the Nebuchadnezzar spirit. And you got to watch out for that. You really do. All right. Hebrew boys had a made-up mind that said regardless. Regardless. And when you can fully understand this, and I can as a Christian, this right here, that you are private property. I want you to say that with me. I'm private property. If you were saved by the blood of Jesus, you are private property now. You are private property with the king. You are private property with the principal. You are private property when it comes to the judge. You are private property when it comes to all the people who are really famous and all the people who are scaring you to death, it, you are private property. You're sold out. You're a child of God. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're a chosen generation. I preach that to y'all. That ain't nothing new. You are private property. And you got to get to a place. I've got to get to a place. The body of Christ has to get to a place where we tell them, Nebuchadnezzar, no trespassing, baby. No trespassing. You, you can make that fire as hot as you want to. But there ain't no fire as hot as hell's fire, church. And when we don't make our mind up for me to live as Christ, I'm going to live for Christ. And I know a lot of people have mixed emotions about me preaching because I've thrown in all kinds of different things today. But you got to hear what the Spirit is saying. Not what your pride is trying to deal with right now. you got to get over that. you got to crucify yourself. And you know what? They looked like they were in the fire. I know they did. We, Opie, you don't know what I deal with every day. You don't know what my child goes through every day, and I know that. I'm not being uh, insensitive or short. They were in the fire, but they, didn't, they never smelt like the fire. You know what's possible to be in the world but not of the world? The devil can say, I'm going to put you around a bunch of sinners at work or in your class. I, they, all of them going to be atheists and make fun of you. But don't you worry, I'm right there beside you on the line or at the desk or whatever, and there ain't no weapon with their mouth or texting. or There ain't no weapon formed against you will prosper. And look, as long as you let me stay right here beside you, none of the smell of the world's going to get on you. None of the smell. And listen. And one day you're going to walk up and the Lord's going to say, boy, I'm going to tell you what, I'm so proud of you ever since you was a young. And you, you, you went to church, forgot whether your mom or daddy took you or not, you went to church. You memorized the scripture. You did the worship motion songs in youth through children's. I, you, you did all that and here you are, man. You did, when, when your parents crumbled or when your preacher crumbled or when your, your grandma and everybody, you had a lot of hope in you. saw that man on TV crumble. You didn't crumble. You just kept on. You said, nope, nope, nope. I'm going to stand true for Christ, and I'm going to be what God has left me here to be. No smell, no smell at all will get on you. I'm trying to finish. I really am. Hold tight because I'm getting hot. I really am. Getting hot. A lot of people have bowed. None of them is bad as preachers. 
And whether it's due to money or the desire to be a mega macho minister or whatever, the threat or the temptation might have been, and it's just too hard to resist. A lot of preachers have caved. And a lot of preachers, they just can't say no. They've seen this so-and-so ministry on TV. I've got to be like this. They've seen, they've seen all of this build up, man, and, and I just want that. I can, I can see me on that big statue. I can just see. That, that's me right there. Everybody coming to see me on that big selfie. I see all these other huge, big selfie preachers and all that, and the world's looking at them, and, and I can just see that, and they've and they fall, fallen, you see. They've fallen, and a lot of people just hadn't seen them hit the ground yet, but they've fallen because they've gotten away from what God's called them to do. That's what I shared Thursday in here. Gotten away. God's called us to preach. He hadn't caused us to raise money. He hadn't caused us to be rich and famous and popular and everybody want to be like us and get my face on their T-shirt or on their big 112-foot uh, digital statue. No, he's just called us to preach. That's what he's called us to do is to preach. And so by preachers falling and caving into uh, this trap, uh, now churches... Over the past several years, but none like the past just a couple of years. So churches are now manufacturing malnourished, weak, uncommitted members who believe that they are Christians prepared, ready to meet Christ. All of this that God allowed to happen was to ultimately bring him glory. And... You know, King Nebuchadnezzar made two decrees in this story. The first decree he made, I made a gold image. I made a gold image for me. And you're going to bow and you're going to worship it or you're going to burn. The first decree was about a gold god. But I'm going to read to you real quick in closing here in a second about the last decree, the second decree, was about a good God. Let me give you the scripture. It's in the same chapter, verse 29. Therefore, I make a decree after all this happened, and he saw that fourth man in the fire, that every people, nation, language, which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other God. There is no other God. There is no other God, church, that can deliver after this sort. I'm telling you, there's a lot of fake gods. There's a lot of fake ministers and ministries. There's a lot of fake churches, millions of fake Christians and all that. There's a lot of fake philanthropists out here trying to make you think... It's all about everything from climate, like you saw the man say, well, a better world, a better earth, but no, 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 <laughs> on all that. It's a big lie to cover up the true spirit of Nebuchadnezzar. Just said, it's all about what I want, and I can use everything from people to powers to governments to get this done because 
We are entitled to this, but I want to tell you, let people spend the money, let people censor all the truth they want to censor. At the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, all day, there is no other God like this sort that can deliver. And I'm telling you, he can deliver you. But you got to stand up for him. You got to pray without ceasing. Before we close this broadcast, I just want to ask you if you've ever allowed the Lord Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life. If you haven't, the Bible says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And today, Jesus Christ is standing there knocking at your heart's door. And if you will repent and surrender your life to him, the Bible says he's faithful and he will move in. He will give you eternal life. Write your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And soon, and what I believe is very soon, we will all meet him in the air when he calls his bride home. I want to pray for you that you would continue your walk in the Lord and any of you that may have a need to let you know that God loves you and he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could hope or ask. Dear Father, I pray for, Lord, our friends that have been with us today, that you would touch them. God, that you would move in their lives, Lord. Those that need healing, we believe you are Jehovah Rapha. You're able to heal. You're Jehovah Jireh. You're the God that provides. And Lord, we know that you are a faithful, just, holy, and righteous God. And Lord, I just pray protection over everyone that's listening. And I pray that people would know that in the name of Jesus, Lord, we have all victory. So God, be with the people, and we give you praise and honor and glory in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.